0: This podcast is presented by Rabbi Peretz-Mutchkin, speaking to the millennial generation.
1: Hello, welcome to the Rabbi Parrots podcast. This weekend, I was talking to people about Rosh Hashanah, and the conversation turned into what are services? What does it mean to be part of prayer and services? And I thought it would be great. To talk a little bit about the mindset of prayer services in Jewish tradition. There is a clear lost art of prayer in today's day and age, partly because we don't have the time and we're very distracted. And it requires time and focus to have a great meditative experience and a great service and a great learning experience. And the deepest learning experience with prayer is learning yourself, so the greatest part to talk about it is maybe the high holidays when it's so much of it is bound to this service, to this prayer. So I'm super pumped that people come to it, but at the same time, it also saddens me that people come to services and struggle with finding meaning and purpose within that experience. So I'm hanging out here with my friend, Rabbi Mendel Simon. Hello, How's it going, man? It's great to have you here. Great to be here. So we got the East Side and West Side coming together here, leading different services. We've both been leading services for a while. So maybe we should riff a little bit on what services mean to us and maybe from our personal experiences, what is meaningful to our community. And maybe that'll inspire people to have a better Rosh Hashanah service. All right, let's do it. You're in? So I think of uh, of Rosh Hashanah as a themed holiday. Like, not just birthday of the world, New Year's, but like there's an actual theme going on. And the great theme of it is this past, present, and future theme, but with a Jewish order. It's not past, present, and future. Past, present, and future sounds normal that, oh, there was a past, there's a present, and there's a future. But in Jewish tradition, it's actually present, past, and future. The first thing is always being present. That's the first thing about Rosh Hashanah is you're present right now. You are the center of this conversation. So that's what I love about this uh, Jewish part of like the approach to Rosh Hashanah is present. What am I presently handling and dealing with? So the first thing you can think about of present is how do I feel about where I'm at? Which you can call it your own, your own relationship to yourself, this dignified space that you live within, and who am I, and uh, whether I have value or not. The first human being, Adam, has the same question: What is my value? That Adam as an dragon as being splits into two, and Adam and Eve, and forever. Everyone has that question, what is my value? So the present question is always, what is my value or am I bringing value to something? And if you're honest with that, you can't say I'm going to do something or I did something in the past. You have to think about your present value in the moment. So the first approach that I would say to coming to a prayer service is, I'm glad I'm coming to a time where I have time to think about my present value here in this world and what my present value is as a human being. What dignity do I bring in with my own existence that affects the world itself? Because in the world, the key is always survivalism, but survivalism isn't inherently dignified. You don't see dignity until it's ruffled. So, even like a, a vegetable has emotions. So, if you don't know that vegetation has emotional capacity or that animals have real feelings, then you are comfortable with ruining their dignity. But if you recognize that they have something independent of survival of the fittest, they also have their own inherent value in them, in and it of itself, their own dignity, then wow, you can see this balanced approach. Even if they're consumed or I'm consuming an animal, it's all part of an experience of my role within the present value of the world. And if the answer is you shouldn't be eating that animal, then there's room for that too. If I should be, there's room for that, but it's all from a space of dignity, which is sort of seeing yourself outside of survival of the fittest, which is for where really selfish behavior comes from is I got to survive. I can't worry about you. So what that's the present meditation of you're you're finding yourself. So, right when you sit down, any synagogue, any service you go to, I suggest you thinking about the dignity you bring to the world outside of your survival in the present moment. I like that a lot. That's uh, to me when I think of. Uh, I, the first word that comes to my mind is context.
0: That your existence and what you have to bring into this world is part of a much bigger picture. And you're playing a role. You're playing one part in a much bigger picture. So, you just surviving, or you just getting by. You you haven't. You haven't even begun to serve your purpose yet. You're only you're filling yourself up in order to then go out and do and play your role, your part into the big picture of what you were put in this world for. So we're going to think a lot about
1: that on Rosh Hashanah. So take take us to the next level of that. What, what How do you tell your community about this present moment? Uh, you often, I, I see your talks and your messages, they're often related to how people connect with one another, which is the next level of dignity. Once you have that presence, now you can connect with others deeply. So what's that what's the message this year for you to to guide your people and to be that friend to help them have better connections with others, better relationships.
0: Okay, so my 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 thing always is when it comes to first of all most people show up to synagogue thinking it's judgment day and like you kind of like showing up yeah. to your employer and if God was like your employer and he'd look at your like last 12 months and he'd think that no, you're not really performing and you're going to get the pink slip and you're like it's been nice knowing you but like we wish you well in your future endeavors but you're not it's not working out for you right here. <laughs> And it's a really wrong approach because like, as I often say about like, you know, when it comes to marriage, I get to be married to my wife. I don't got to. So if I've got to, I've got it all wrong. You know, you've got the whole thing wrong. So the same thing is with the relationship with God. If I get to be in this relationship and he desires this relationship. And so Rosh Hashanah is a way of reconnecting. Rosh Hashanah is a time where I'm coming and he's coming to us essentially and saying, I've created this entire world for you guys. I've made the birds, the trees, the water, the land, all of it is just so that you and I can have this relationship. Are you in? And we're coming back and he's asking us, are you in? And so it's a time to nurture that relationship and reconnect with it. And one of the things that holds us back from reconnecting with any, just like with humans, is a sense of independent self where we have to exist outside of something and to touch on what you were saying before without realizing that you play a greater role, just one part in something you end up conflicting or butting heads with another existence. And so, nurturing that sense of God, um, of divine approach, nurtures a sense of otherness. it's, um, It's much bigger than just me. And by default, nurturing that ends up making you more seasoned or more experienced or more comfortable with living with something outside of yourself, serving something outside of yourself, And so that makes you, it makes you more, more better positioned to be in a relation, in a human relationship in general. That's beautiful.
1: That's beautiful. I, uh, I, I think that fits right into the next part of Rosh Hashanah. The theme of prayer is also where we come from, like being able to see that, like your idea of seeing that I could be in a relationship with God and that there's a world created for me. I don't come here and have to create the world. It's here for me to then find my place from here, which is pretty awesome, awesome gig. You know, you get to come in and do what you're capable of doing. You can use your talents in this world without having to like rebuild the the infrastructure. And so even today when we're building things, it's in context of what's been built before us. So a big part of Rosh Hashanah is after you find yourself in the present, is then getting back to all right, where am I from? What are my Jewish roots? Here for? What do they propel me? What do they compel me to become? And what do they ask of me? We call it remembrance, but remembrance is a tough thing. You know, we have short term memory loss so that we could have free choice. If you remembered everything that's ever happened to you all the time, you'd be crippled by this incredible amount of information that's always pushing you down. Instead, we have times that we remember and moments to celebrate. It's also why this holiday is a celebration is because we're celebrating, like, look where humanity's come. Look where Judaism has come. Look how people keep being dropped as if from storks from the sky onto this ready-made world. And no matter how many people get it wrong and try to destroy it, you still are in this world with an opportunity to do something amazing about it. Well, like, incredible place to be in that you're not bringing... People are always like, I'm afraid to bring my child in this world. Dude, man, you're going to bring somebody in this world and they're just going to do it great because you're going to show them how to do it and you're going to do it. And it's just like incredible remembrances to see this context of where you're from and how that leads into what you're capable of accomplishing. So that's also part of prayer. Once you establish the baseline of dignity and presence of what you're in, and as you beautifully said, you take that into your relationship with God, which feeds into all relationships of your dignity and how it relates to others, the next comes in the context of where I'm from and what I've come from to be in this moment. That's why so much of prayer has, like our forefathers, because each of them were dropped here like you were, into a ready-made world and having to take it to the next level and have to uh, showcase the beautiful garden and not the uh, chaotic jungle.
0: So, you, to me, when I hear the word context, one of the biggest things is is that we lack is when I hear remembering, remember that there's a context that you there's a much larger context that you don't know about. Almost every situation we find ourselves in, we're just playing one role in that. So, you know, one of the things I, I realized and I learned this is the fact that I'm even comfortable just talking with you here on this podcast on a mic or talking in public. People know me as a public speaker, but believe it or not, that, that was something I had to create. That was something I had to, there's a lot of fear in public speaking. So to me, that is one of the greatest, the hardest things when it comes to pray is you got your God up, you have this fear, getting into your space and allowing a natural soul energy to flow you. So one of the things that helped me like, let go of that fear and start just um, speaking is I realized that I was constantly trying to perfect and deliver an exact or communicate an exact message that I considered was the message that I was communicating, let's just say at a dinner for 100 people or something. And what I learned, and I'd walk away feeling like, oh, I don't know if I delivered the message that I wanted to deliver. And then what I learned was that 100 different messages were heard from that same toast that I gave. Everyone walked away with a different message, depending on their pain points in their life, what they've experienced, what they've gone through. Something else resonated with each person differently. And so I realized that I'm just, you come to realize that there's a big context here. You're just playing one role. Let's pretend, let's just divide it into a hundred out of every experience that we go through, that every person experiences and all the feelings and everything that comes with it. Let's divide it into a hundred parts. You're only playing one, five, 10 parts of that experience. There's so many other parts, the context, that you're not involved in, your role is really important because if you pull your thing out, then everything just kind of changes. But always remember there's a much larger context going on and that's making up the entire experience right now. And so that, to me, that ties into prayer. And that's what, when it comes to having a successful prayer, remembering there's a context here and remembering what you're serving and getting out of, your, getting out of the fear and anxiety and the things. And a successful prayer is really like a successful meditative experience where you're like completely... Get rid your mind of distractions and really zero in on and become a vehicle for and allow the energy
1: just to flow through you. Beautiful. You're using this idea that you're looking back at what other people accomplished as really context for your own playing a role and being able to be successful at it. Which leads us to part number three. the 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 goal of Rosh Hashanah services is your impact and how you're going to impact the world moving forward. So. Prayer has some connotations that that I think are a little off-putting, like you're asking God for stuff. And people are like, come on, that doesn't work. And uh, more importantly, I don't believe in that. I don't believe you can pray to somebody for something. But really, it's not a dogmatic experience. It's just understanding that you're not asking God for things. You're essentially asking for things to help you fulfill your mission. Huge difference. The difference, I think, can be encapsulated in this old Hasidic story that really uh, always, always gets me well, where this, this uh, Jew comes to his rabbi and he says, Rabbi, I need health and I need wealth and I need I have so many needs and give me a blessing that I can make money and have health and have everything I want. And the rabbi says, you ask beautifully for all the things you need, but you ask not what you are needed for. That that story always hit me right, because in prayer, you can sometimes get lost in all the things you need, but it must come with, I need these because this is what I'm needed for. I need these because I need to accomplish. I need my health so I can have the energy to go do what I got to do. I need the wealth so I can broaden the influence of the kindness and goodness that I have within me. So for me, the final structure of Rosh Hashanah services is not asking for things and prosperity. It's asking that we should have a easy path towards fulfilling our mission on earth. And that is certainly something worth meditating on and praying on is how I can have an easier way to have maximum impact. And that's, that's really our eco-friendly prayer service of being able to have the least footprint with the maximum impact. That's the goal or the future tense of Rosh Hashanah services.
0: So I think that's very consistent with what you're saying. Um, but to me, when I think about praying to God or connecting with God, Another way you might describe that is connecting with your inner essential self. Yeah. Because we all are a piece of God essentially within us, our souls. So understanding who you are and what you were put in this world to do is a major part of that. And so to me when I think about like coming to pray and you know it's a hard to while Judaism does talk about asking we should be asking God for what our needs are straight up. But I think a, a more effective in addition to that, a more effective kind of frame to come from when you're praying is like almost like saying Help praying to God to help me be the husband that my wife needs to be instead of praying for a better marriage. Help me be the father my children need me for, to be instead of me praying for my children to like me better or for me to you know, be, play a more effective role in their life. So help me play, help me be the person you need me to be. And so, you know, people, you've know you often heard me talk about surrender and this concept of Bittal, but when you surrender, you're not sur- belittling yourself, you're surrendering yourself as you and all your greatness you're surrendering to become a vehicle. Use me for what you need me to be. What do you need me to be in this world? I'm, 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 gonna, I'm, I'm there. I'm here for you. What do you need me to be? What, what do you want with all these gifts that you've given me? How, how do you want me to use them? Give me the wisdom and clarity to know what I was put in this world for. And then the courage and the strength part, that I'll have to take care of. I have to stand up and do that. That's what To me, that's what we're doing when we pray and how much more so on Rosh Hashanah, which is like, the height of it all.
1: Well, that's why so much of the prayer has gratitude within it is because gratitude is the main vehicle to achieve this sort of uh this sort of engine of how can I be the person I'm supposed to be without without, you know, asking for myself is by having gratitude, by appreciating what you have as enough to be that person. So very very beautifully put. Uh we'll end off with part of the holiday of course, prayer have to go into meals. You got to eat well as well, and there's lots of subliminal messaging with the food and the rituals of Rosh Hashanah. For example, the chauffeur being able to use your inner cry to and your inner voice and figuring out how that voice complements the harmony of the world, and also the food you eat. Subliminal messaging, whether it's uh, an apple that has transparency to it that you can eat the peel, or honey, which is pure goodness, even though and it comes from nature itself, that you can see the sweetness and the revelation that comes from it. So there's constant, the whole holiday of Rosh Hashanah is this hope and inspiration and uh, empowerment to you recognizing your place in this world, feeling excited by it, and more importantly, feeling empowered to continue making a great impact. So uh, I'd like to turn it over to Mendel. Please plug your services, where it's going to be, what's going on, we're and how people can find you.
0: We're hosting Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur services at the Sofitel Hotel right next to the Beverly Center, um, where we're going to host services there. Um, and the other thing we're going to be, what what I always think about, I'm just going to close with this idea of like, to me, when I think about prayer and I think about um, one of the greatest things, I speak to, you know, dozens and hundreds of of young adults that everybody's like trying to figure out where's their place in this world, as we've been discussing this whole time, what, what am I needed for? Mm-hmm. We, we have a basic need to be needed. And so not knowing, so Judaism, built into Judaism, I think with all the holidays is like a... An opportunity to reflect, to have some space to actually figure that out, and 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 get focused on that, and get the context that you need in order to figure out where your place is. And so, to me, the high holidays is the highest, is the is the, you know, where that all comes together, where we really like come together and take some time out for yourself cuz we're, we're we're hustling day in day out everybody's kind of like doing these 16-hour days where they could be doing nothing but it's a 16-hour day where you are not getting giving ourselves a minute to think it's creating a space of, for us to actually like just like get the context and the focus of where we need to be and so that's what I always hope to like when we, I, my thing about the high holidays is we grow together so we come together and like we and and we talk about where are we going with this and we give each other space for the context and by doing it together we actually Give each other the context that we need in Beautiful. order to get there.
1: Beautiful. Well, we're gonna have services here in Venice. Uh we've fr- um Sunday night next week. We start off with services at 6:30, followed by dinner. And uh and then the next morning, Monday morning, we have services show for blowing as well. And uh if I couldn't be here, I'd be by your service to hear your wonderful choir and all the great uh and all the great messages that you bring. So uh for anybody who wants to go, you know, there's no ego here. There's about Two rabbis saying, just come and join and have a great experience What's Just come and
0: let go. Just come and just allow yourself to experience something and see what comes from it without an expectation of something specific. And that is really where the growth happens, when you surrender, to allow the experience to happen.
1: Well, that is Rabbi Mendel of YJP Los Angeles. Thank you for coming on our program. It's really awesome to have
0: you here. Thanks for having me here.
1: Pleasure. And uh, have a happy Rosh Hashanah and a sweet new year with lots of blessings and look forward to being in touch soon. You want to drop us a rating? We'd welcome it. Also, you can reach out to me at word at rabbiparrots.com. <laughs>